Hello and welcome to the first ever Moody's Never Say Die Hard is a Christmas movie podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm talking to Chaz. Hi, Hi Chaz. Hey, Kevin. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. As you know, we are not doing Moonlighting until the first week of the new year. We'll start season two then. We're taking a little holiday break to talk about some Christmas movies. And holiday yeah. movies, but mostly Christmas movies, as we said. We, All the ones yeah, we picked <laughs> are Christmas movies. We're not good people. Uh, <laughs> that we, wasn't our intention when we no, started. No, God, no. No, no, no. We, we, but, but this is how it's set up. The whole point, what we wanted is we wanted to discuss what's, the, what's now called Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah. But we didn't want to do Hallmark because not, not everyone has cable. And Hallmark Christmas movies is appointment television. You got to know when you're going to watch it. Yeah, on Peacock, you got a three-day window. If you got cable, you've got to schedule it for that time. I mean, obviously DVR it, but still, there's a lot of work, and we wanted to simplify it both for you and yeah, for us as well. But we—that's our gift to you. Oh, it is. You're, you're welcome. Yeah, yes. And uh, first of all, it is our gift because we want to thank you for listening to our first season of Moonlighting. It's a truncated season because it was a mid-season replacement. How many times can I say the word season? Why not? Tis the season. There we go. Bad joke. We keep moving. And we want to thank you for listening to our first season. We'll, we will be back in 2024, which should be in about 11 minutes. And, I mean, in Moonlighting news, we have made contact with the rival Moonlighting podcast. And they're not really a rival. They have welcomed us with open arms. And I think we're going to potentially do a crossover episode in the new year. With the already established Moonlighting podcast, that so we definitely, established, we definitely should have looked to see if there was yeah. one already, but we did. But you know, so here we are. the The market allows many products, so it is perfectly fine. They seem remarkably nice, remarkably on top of their game. We can't call them a rival because one, they have been very welcoming and very nice, and two, oh god. Let's just we're not going to measure the leagues in which they are in and we are in. <laughs> They've been doing this for a little while. And we are um, what the bad news bears. If we're going to stick with the leagues thing, you like baseball. Sure. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. That seems All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been we, very uh, nice. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I look forward to. go. So go listen to them. It's called the Moonlighting Podcast. Yeah. And now we'll move on to the holidays. By the way, notice how professional their title is. The Moonlighting Podcast. Oh, yeah. I almost think they are. Uh, they've been officially documented. But we are. We, we, we're we going to be even better in the new year because we're inspired by them. We're inspired by our own attempts. And we thank you for listening. But this is our holiday broadcast. Kevin and I are decked out for the holidays. Yeah, you put may on not a be able Santa to see hat. It. We put on a Santa hat because you know why? When Santa drops dead on your front lawn and you don't put on the entire suit, but just the hat, you don't have to do the job, but your head stays warm. Is that how it works? Is well, that like on actually, the back? Is that on the back of the card? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. In the Santa Claus, I don't think Tim Allen actually strips the corpse. I think he takes out the card and it turns him into Santa Claus, right? Because I he's mean, not in the front lawn taking <laughs> off his. No, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me think back to see if we saw nothing on Santa. <laughs> Just a pixelated area and on, a, on a Disney film or Touchstones yeah. film, I guess. It was a, yeah. yeah, I think that was a time when business cards actually had an impact, like in American Psycho, when they had that whole conversation about business cards, because holidays, people. The two most important business cards in cinema, American Psycho Thank and you. the Santa Claus. I met the director of American Psycho recently. Mary Harron? 
Is that Mary Harry? Yeah, yeah, I met her in my elevator. She lives here. Oh, in a vague location. She that lives we will in not my discuss. <laughs> she lives in my building in a vague location because I really enjoy living in Wisconsin. Oh. <laughs> well, you know the Wisconsin thing. Wisconsin and you. Now that makes four of us. Okay, that's Wyoming, actually. All right. Sorry about that. We just lost all our listeners in two states. I'm not doing so well. on today's episode. <laughs> We are going to. <laughs> I just wanted to stop you before you named all 50 states. <laughs> we, there's a whole map in this movie as well. Oh, the tri-state God. area comprises of 50, well, 48 contiguous states. We'll get back to that later. No, they're all on there. It's all 50. <laughs> so today we watched, we, we are week. talking about Best Christmas Ever on Netflix. Ever. It stars uh, Brandy, Heather Graham, and Jason Biggs. Which, as we discussed, is the most remarkably 90s thing ever. And Kevin and I were both hoping to see them dance either the Bartman or the Urkel. Now, before we even watched it, you said to me in a text, mm-hmm. I want this to be a 2000s Dreams wor- DreamWorks cartoon with dancing at the end. And it came close. You it, almost it, got it. Almost got it. I expected just I was waiting to do some more. But this was this is pretty damn close. Yeah. Because this is a movie that mention that highlights music and yet really doesn't do a lot with it and we'll get to that too there are actually a lot of things that are brought up and then they're just dropped for like 60 minutes of of screen time with character elements and such now i am not as big of a hallmark christmas movie person Ches has seen a lot of them a lot more than i have seen a lot i have seen seen a a few. few The music that they use in these movies is definitely all holiday Christmas music, but it seems to be versions that they could get permission to use, I guess. They're weird versions. It's none of the standards. It's not of the, you're absolutely right, it's not of the standards, and a lot of times it depends on the kind of movie. If it's something that's going to have Kirk Cameron's sister in it, which she's in a bunch of them, you're going to get more of the Silent Night and First Noel and the and the, the, the classic ones. You yeah, know. but they're versions that are sung by people you've never heard of. Like, you're not hearing Nat King Cole or no, Elvis no. Presley or anybody, Johnny Mathis. You're certainly not here. Yeah. Oh, good. You're certainly not hearing Mariah Carey, although, you know, it's yeah, it's true. There there are budgets for these films. Yeah. And the budget is not a Marvel budget. <laughs> Marvel no. gets name checked here. So we'll get that. Yeah. So it, it all ties in. But yeah, it's it. It is a curious mix. And there are a lot of tropes that come up. And this film is a different kind of hallmark christmas film but it checks off a lot of boxes as well and that's what it should do that's not a knock on it because as kevin and i also discussed it we don't watch these things to hate them we're not hate watchers by any stretch of the imagination i want to like every movie that i watch yeah well otherwise what's the point (laughs) yeah because i i definitely choose not to watch certain movies because i know my brain doesn't want to like it so why bother i wanted i wanted to like this movie and it was fine and I think that's the exact same way. I did not come out of this going, Ugh. it was perfectly fine. Kevin and I, sometimes we disagree on films, but we're not like, how could you like that? It's like, I'm glad you enjoyed that because yeah, we don't I... want the other person to have had a bad time. Mm-hmm. They tried. They did. They, they, we watched this. There's a Roger Ebert quote that Kevin and I have mentioned a few times that he said he judged every movie by this. Did it succeed at what it was going for? You don't compare it to all other movies. We're not going to compare this to The Big Sleep or Casablanca. We're not film noir. It's all film noir. No, but we're not going <laughs> to compare it to that. 
And did it do it? And you know what? It was fine. You're absolutely right. And so, I mean, I watched it two and a half times so far. And, and I'm going to watch it the last half tonight with my wife because she wants to see it so that she can listen. You don't need to watch it three times. That's what I will say. <laughs> once is probably enough. I've watched yeah. it twice. Once with our intern, Kiki. Okay. Our cat intern. How's Kiki who, doing? Coneless? She is doing... She is coneless. She is eating food. She is jumping around. I had hadn't seen her for a couple of days during Thanksgiving holiday. When I came back, she jumped on my lap and stayed there for three hours. So it's a good thing I went to the bathroom beforehand. And uh, she is. Thank you. She is doing really well. And she's really excited to be back in the job so much so that she's napping on the sofa. We are not very good at sussing out employees for our company. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping she would get to the instagram stuff so that i didn't have to keep doing it but she is supposed to be our influencer (laughs) cats are big so yeah we uh we there are going to be some changes in the new year is what we're saying she's going to fire both (laughs) no we're not going to fire a cat that's how we lose this podcast (laughs) so we should do a plot summary before we rip into all the parts that were curious to us yeah, and rip okay. is a harsh word. No, I want to rip into parts of this movie. I mean, I didn't, I, I, I didn't say it was the wrong word. <laughs> there are issues. There are a lot of issues. Yeah. So Best Christmas Ever is the story of Jackie Jennings, played by Brandy, who each year sends out a Christmas newsletter explaining how wonderful the Jennings family life is. And every year, Heather Graham's character, Charlotte Sanders? Yes. Yeah, Charlotte Sanders. Charlotte and Sanders sounds right. It it is. Uh, this is why we have yeah. an IMDb. You know, we're even going to call it IMDb here in this one. But the Charlotte Sanders gets a newsletter, and each year she come. She seems to get more and more infuriated by the newsletter. That had we cut this movie two years later in this movie's timeline, it might have involved murder. <laughs> but she she is frustrated. Uh, Brandy slash Jack uh, Jackie Jennings' life seems to be perfect. Heather Graham's life seems normal. Well, you know, there are ups and downs. They live in an apartment. Jackie lives, seems to live in this mansion. There's a lot of, and all Charlotte wants to do is go see uninvited her former college friend, former because not because they had a falling out. They just haven't spoken for a while except via newsletters on Jackie's part and prove that these newsletters are an absolute lie. And what we discover is that Charlotte not only finds out things about Jackie's life, but about her own as well. And in the end, we get a little Christmas magic. Oh, that is true. That is what happened. And now for the issues. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I agreed up front. No one takes off their goddamn boots when they walk into a house. There are multiple no times that Heather Graham comes into the house from snow. Snow! I'm your, <laughs> I'm your hype man, apparently, for this. Go ahead. And just a couple of taps on the rug and then, and then into the build, into the house. Just a couple of taps and that's enough. Barely a white. There is one part. I Brandy's house is gigantic. It is a beautiful, big house. Yeah, she's not lying about the house. And it feels like there are so many open doors that you're allowed to go through. Because at one, Heather Graham finds herself outside of this house because she has to do a lot of snooping in her ways of figuring out if Brandy is lying. I'm sorry, Jackie is lying. Jackie is um, lying. Jackie is so, Brandy, Brandy is Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she has to go into this house at all times when people are out and 
at one point she comes in like a side door. Nobody's home. She comes in a side door that is already carpeted without like a welcome rug. With her boots on, it just walks right across a white carpet. I guess snow is white, but she walks across but, a white but carpet. But snow really isn't white. Okay, no, I, I, I live in vague city where it turns gray pretty quickly. I'm amazed because when I walk into someone's house, the first thing I do ask is, do you want me to take my shoes off? I don't have that here, but I always ask. This. But here's the thing. If I walk in with boots anywhere, even my, they automatically come off because boots, you wear boots, not because it's 73 degrees and it's perfect outside. You wear it because you're going to step in things. Yeah. Whether it be snow or you're on a pasture, you're stepping in something and you want those boots off. And this is the sort of facts that Kevin and I kind of, I couldn't. I was so focused on those boots. Every time she came in the house, it was like barely a courtesy wipe on the rug or the mat and then walk into the house. Up the stairs, every room. This is what comes into our kitchen. The son had his sneakers on on the bed. Yes. (laughs) When he's hanging out with. When he's hanging out with Jackie's daughter, who we'll get Beatrix. to eventually. Yeah. But when they're hanging out together, he has his shoes on on her bed. Ugh. I, see, here's the thing. This this ties into our sort of anxiety that you and I have. Remember, mm-hmm. now, if you're a regular Mooney's Never Say Die Hard <laughs> thing, you realize that we got a little anxious when uh, David and Maddie were caught on the train without a ticket. Yeah. Because they don't have a ticket. They're going to be no. caught on without a ticket. Yeah. Now, granted. This was a private train, and maybe we shouldn't have been thinking those terms, but we were. And, <laughs> it you know, because they weren't, it was a private train and there wasn't a conductor. <laughs> and, but still, the very first conversation, one of the, well, one of the earliest conversations I had with Kevin, and I think this clued in is like, we're going to be fine together, is our anxiety about people who have more than 10 items in the 10 items or less checkout line. Because it wasn't anxiety, but we just marveled that someone could do that. Because how do you do that? They just changed the self-checkout at the supermarket that I go to to 20 items maximum. It used to be that you could check out however you wanted, but they just changed it to 20. I don't know why. But I can't tell you how many times I recount what's in my... Because I don't like to go to somebody. I like to just check myself out and get out of the store. I like minimal people interaction (laughs) you like to run in and out of a store screaming with your eyes closed yeah so i frequently count over and over again how many items i have to make sure i could go to the 20 items or less line and some people just walk right up and and just stare down (laughs) like daring people to say tell me i have 50 items right here it's 10 go ahead ahead. (laughs) i was in line at uh, you know waiting for the it's just as a self-checkout and the person in front of me had moved just a little further ahead of the self-checkout when I realized the one next to me was open. So I asked them, oh, this one's open because they're in front of me. And there's another line. Saying, well, and he turns to me, well, why don't you just use it then? It's like, I thought the right thing was that I wouldn't jump in front of the line because you. So I'm just there quietly just checking my things going. <laughs> I tried <laughs> not upset at the guy. I'm just like, I tried because. Yeah. To me, it, had I just gone there, I would have been spending the whole time go, this is wrong. Yeah. We have no idea how we were raised, but this is how we wound up people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how I said we have no idea we were raised. Yeah, we were nope. in Skinner boxes no until we were 25. <laughs> we don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> so we it does open with Brandy doing her Christmas letter, putting it together. 
And the first thing we see is a GIF of falling snow for a printed newsletter, by the way, because that GIF is added in the newsletter. I mean, it's kind of a neat thing. They're photoshopping it, and it should give you the feel of how this script is also written. It's a lot of clip art verbally, <laughs> a lot, a lot of scene clip art. But it comes together and sort of like, okay, I, I'm curious how that comes out on the printed page. And it's like the, it's like the newspapers in Harry Potter. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. You're going to, you know, this is, I have nowhere to go with it. That was actually just perfect. I don't even <laughs> want to add to that. That was just a perfect line. But she opens with dear family, friends, and fellow earth dwellers. And at that point, when I saw Heather Graham upset, I can understand why. Yeah. That's a bit much. But it also makes me wonder just how many people are getting this goddamn newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> how many copy, because Heather Graham will crunch up this newsletter and throw it away. Minutes later, we see the son looking at the newsletter, son Grant, looking at a fresh copy. It's like, is every member getting their own copy of this newsletter? <laughs> Heather Graham, we should call her Charlotte, right? Should we move it on or just leave it at we Heather Graham? Heather Graham, okay. Heather Graham is Charlotte. Brandy is Jackie. But should we just keep calling them Heather Graham and, and Brandy? It's probably best, actually. Yeah, it's probably best. So Heather no, no, Graham. Well, we don't really know an actor because we're going to call them by their character's name. <laughs> so the first time we really meet Heather Graham, she is ranting about this newsletter and how she hates it and whose life can be that perfect to the camera, like a moonlighting fourth wall break to keep us in the moonlighting family. She has this fourth wall break, but she never looks at again. the camera or talks to the camera ever again. Until the very end, where she yeah. does a recap, which is way too late in the game for that. <laughs> And that's a good thing to bring up because there are a lot of elements that are brought up and then just dropped. They're just completely forgotten. Like the and daughter, uh, Heather Graham's daughter, Dora, is this kid who is obsessed with figuring out when her superpowers are going to come. She believes she's going to be a superhero and she's just trying all different things like she jumped off the roof or something. She jumped somewhere and she tried to somewhere. fly. Yeah. Uh, she tried to talk to one of the animals at the Christmas Christmas pageant, and she's just searching for superpowers. And this movie that has all these happy endings just leaves her flat. Like, how does she not get some kind of even fake superpower that they just coincidentally made happen through some kind of like magical whatever Christmas spirit? Like, she gets nothing. Like, she just disappears. They they set the trap. Like, they set us up for it. And then leave it. And here's the thing. She does get a superpower, apparently invisibility, because she just disappears. disappears. For I mean, the son and Jack and Brandy's daughter, Beatrix, are heavily featured because every movie needs a, a B-plot. You know, they got to shoehorn something in there. But yeah, the their B-plot their is that they're trying to prove whether Santa's real or not. Yeah, Beatrix, the genius, and we'll get to her in a moment, believes yeah. that... And, you know, and what she's basing on is understandable. And Grant is a little more naive. So here's where we'll do a comparison. So Brandy has two kids. Mm -hmm. One is Beatrix, who at 10 was admitted into Harvard. Now, <laughs> the problem with Beatrix, and it's not the actor's problem, all, she's absolutely adorable, is that a problem that happens in a lot of movies like this, where a smart character is written by people who do not have smart friends, because it's not written as a person. It's written as a series of tropes where they use <clears throat> a language, a vocabulary that is unnecessary. We know smart people, and they're not always using 
you know, poly, poly, polysyllabic words. They're not always making statements of I corrected your mistakes or here's the problems I saw in your calculations. What they are saying is, good morning, how are you? Hey, you want some orange juice? They say things like that. Uh, so she is written in a way that, as we've discussed sometimes, you can see the screenwriter writing the character. You can hear the clacking of the keyboard. Their other son is Daniel. Daniel. And yeah. Daniel, as they described, Daniel's work continues to avert a human humanitarian crisis in Africa. So he's away. By the way, like most movies and TV shows, the country of Africa? Yeah. Africa's always treated as just one place. That if you saw it on the map, it's just one outline. Like it's the largest property on risk. It's just even risk breaks it up into territories. Granted, I think one of them's Belgium Congo or something. But you know, it, but it's always that. So that's that. Whereas Charlotte's kids. Dora wants to be a superhero. Charlotte says it's because of the Mar Marvel movies. First thing we do is we see Dora in her own cardboard Fortress of Solitude, which is DC, kind of quibbling. It's actually cute, but I kind of hope at her age she might have a better shot of spelling the word solitude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, that was just bad. But here's the thing. They have a checklist of her superpower she keeps trying. And the mom even says, well, I guess it is a super strength. And she crosses it off. Like, that's not the I guess there's another dream gone, honey. I don't. Where did. All right. So <clears throat> to prove that okay. she doesn't have super strength. Right. What did she do? She was trying to bend a metal rod. Where Where does she get a metal rod? Where do kids get metal rods? Where does anyone get a metal rod? <laughs> Anybody. Anybody. Call in. Please call in <laughs> and tell me where you get a metal rod. I've because never we seen need a metal rod in a store. I've seen rebar. at like Yeah, Home there is. But when my dad took me once. <laughs> but like <laughs> once but but i've never seen a metal rod yet it's always available to prove that you have super strength because you can bend it it's also a question of where are the parents sometimes in all of this yeah because there's going to be another scene where grant disappears and not everyone's at the level of panic maybe they should be at. No. i don't ha i don't have children and that's probably best for humanity but Kevin, as a father of an indeterminate number of kids, because we like to keep things vague, wouldn't oh, you wow. be a little more on high alert? Yeah, yeah. Especially in a not, town that isn't yours. She, she is genuinely smiling at times. Yeah, because she knows she's on camera. Is that the fourth wall breaking? And she doesn't. <laughs> she, she's no longer talking to us, but there's a whole time she think we're still watching. So she's got to be on her best behavior. And if that's the case, doing a remarkably poor job at it. This is where we also okay. We're going to bring back to Grant in a second, but I think we need to bring up the unenviable position that Heather Graham has put in this movie. Look, I'm going to rip apart Heather Graham probably for the rest of this episode, but it's not Heather Graham's fault. Her character was just the worst. So when we rip apart Heather Graham, we're really doing we're ripping apart Charlotte, her character. Yeah, it was a it was an unfortunate task that not even Meryl Streep could have fixed. No. So it is not, not even with the right Graham. accent. It is not Heather Graham's fault at all. But this character is terrible because she's jealous about everything. And now, granted, are people jealous and sometimes are friends of their career? Yeah, that happens. But there's a level of jealousy that seems to go on, which will bring up another point that I don't know how often her and her husband talk to each other. They they seem perfectly fine and everything. But we get information because we're the viewer and we have to get information. But we get it through dialogue that makes me think they have not had a conversation since their first date. <laughs> so we're going to get back to that. We're just going to fold back and forth. So there's sorry. Heather, Heather Graham has to do like a hip hop cool i'm cool parent part where she says yo and things like that to prove to her children that she's still cool i 
I yeah. mean, she had to do so much. I feel now, so granted, bad. within the reality of the movie, they call her out on it. He even says, yes, please that is it. true. The husband does say, please never do it again. And the kids stare at her. It does bring up the point that she is the object of ridicule for most of this movie. And she does not make a single good choice until the end, apparently. No. I mean, just a series of bad choices that just build upon one another. And her husband, we are going to get to Grant. Okay, we're going to do this quickly. Grant wants to be a ninja. That's his defining character. He wants to be a ninja. He doesn't have any friends. His one, which is that? But his one friend is a monkey called... Monkey Bob. Monkey Bob. Monkey Bob. He calls Monkey Bob a stuffy as opposed to a stuffy. I have yeah. never heard that before. And I had to fight with autocorrect so many times to let me type stuffy that I can't imagine it's the real thing. We will also, because there's a point where I think this monkey's possessed because it does something no stuffy should ever be able to do. It, I can't tell if Monkey Bob is magical or Grant has the memento disease. <laughs> or, or Grant actually has the superpowers because there is a scene we'll discuss where Monkey Bob is less a Christmas miracle and more a Halloween horror. At the very beginning, when they're in the car going to Brandy's house. They don't know they're going there. And we yeah, will get there we'll get to that in yeah. a second, because that's important, too. Yeah. But Grant says, I think Bob peed yeah. in the car. And no one asks, does that mean you peed, buddy? Pee? Or does he have the imagination that the stuff he just pees sometimes? And yet or, doesn't want to change him either. Like if you're treating him like a real person or real anything, loved one, like I feel like you would then say we like should him? change him or it was such a weird, they just you let have it any, go. Yeah. It's like, that's Do you have any tissue? Do you have any tissues in the front seat? I'd like yeah. to wipe them because this yeah. is how one gets a rash. If you don't treat it, if you don't wipe up, it's yeah, I guess it's something that happens regularly, but as as you are the parent, that is that is actually a good point. It's like, does that mean you? And are they okay with it that it means him? There's a point because they all say that he says they has to go to the bathroom. The daughter says they have to go to the bathroom. When they finally reach Brandy's house, which is where they're not supposed to be going. But yeah. when they finally reach Brandy's house, they all say they have to go to the bathroom. So for eight hours, they never stopped. These two kids have got to pee. And both parents said, no, we're making good time, even though we're not making good time because <laughs> we're going the wrong direction. So that's that's the thing. So the the, right. the way that this movie happens, Heather Graham says she wishes she could go to Brandy's house and see the look on her face uninvited. when she shows up uninvited and see <laughs> that her house isn't as great and her life isn't as great. Like, that's the all point of how this all starts. So she says she wishes she could do that. And then but, she gives... Okay. Go. The important thing is, who does she say that to? Uh, her son. She, she says, says that to her to son. son Grant. That says she to wants Grant. a she wants to show up a friend. <laughs> yeah. So Grant, she gives the phone to Grant and tells him to put into her phone the new address for her sister. Which, because when I first saw the when you see the trailer, it's like they're supposed to go to the sister's house and they end up at Jackie's, and you're like, how do they right. not know Jackie where the sister Brandy, lives? So, yeah. I'm sorry, Brandy. How do they yeah. not know where Brandy lives? Or how, the, how do they not know where their own sister lives? And so since they make it a new house, you're like, okay. But then every bit of that falls apart in that car ride. Because they drive until midnight from daytime. And Jason Biggs is like, I guess I thought they moved closer. I guess, I guess not. Like, how do you not realize you're driving very far? And at any point say, 
should we check this again? Or how has the sister not been like, where are you guys? (laughs) Are you dead? You were supposed to be here three hours ago. Not a text. Then they get to Brandy's house and they're like, wow, our sister did great. We have cell phones. Her sister never said, hey, check out our new house. Here's a picture. It was just like nothing ever. There's no communication. Not a Facebook page. Nothing is done. No one knows what anyone is doing. But you're absolutely right. By hour 11, one would think maybe we should reorient us again, put in the address, see where we're going. and Maybe we should check if our eight-year-old mistyped the address. Because (laughs) to basically go, here's the phone. Here's my phone. Put in the address. I expect she also said, oh, and by the way, if you can, make sure the bank is going to pay our mortgage this month. Just make sure it goes through. Because she just... Hands over. And apparently this, I'm going to assume this eight-year-old, it's kind of hard to determine ages, but this eight-year-old knows I'm the password. He's probably, he's probably like 10-ish. Yeah. 10, okay, yeah. But still, yeah. He knows the password to his mom's phone because eventually the screen goes black and he's going to have to be on this one again. Or or they both have the same fingerprint. I don't know. Or he's managed to put his face into the facial recognition. But he, that's a lot of power to put into a 10-year-old who thinks it's petty. And a lot that a 10-year-old, you believe that the 10-year-old actually knows the address of... Off the top the, of his head. The new sister, yeah. By the way, also a 10-year-old who thinks his, his stuffy monkey just peed. I'm not yeah. I'm not calling it out, but let's let's be honest with yeah. what we're working with here. Yeah, it's He just, seems like a sweet kid. Like, I he don't mind... He seems like a sweet kid. He's actually a very pleasant little kid. That's a lot of pressure to put on him. And then he takes that pressure and then he does what his mom asked him to do. He put in the address and they go see Brandy. He thought he was doing a nice thing. He thought he was making his mom's wish come true. And that's very sweet. Yeah. But again, it's not exactly what one should have done. Now, the son, as we said, wants to be a ninja. The daughter wants to be a superhero. We're going to be honest with you. After a certain point, you will never hear about these things ever again. Except for one little scene where the daughter tries to talk to an animal at the Christmas pageant in town. And the we're going wor- to get to, we're the gonna get to thing how comes the, up. the warrior yeah, thing comes up. We yeah. need to discuss that later when it falls into the right time. Because, yeah. oh, people. <laughs> oh, people. Yeah, so but... back to Brandy's family. So mm. Brandy has a daughter. Brandy has an, And Brandy has a husband, Valentino. Mm. Remarkably handsome looking guy. Who in the newsletter, she says, runs a highly successful karate dojo. Now. If you're sending out a newsletter every year to apparently all of Earth, mm-hmm. I feel like people know this because that's just a, that's just it's it's like reminding someone they're still employed. My husband, you know, that job he has still doing it. <laughs> and he's also going to run the town's annual Christmas pageant for reasons we have no idea why is the karate dojo expert that he's in charge. Of. He doesn't seem to have a theater background I, or anything. I, I have to say about the dojo. What bothered me about the dojo is that his successful dojo is shown as he knocks out his students. Yeah. <laughs> he, he kicks both of his students in the picture straight in the face and knocks them down. And that's his successful dojo. So it's like and for that, you can sign multiple... up for classes and I'll beat the crap out of you. And it's a huge success. People oh, love yeah. it. People love it. Any anyone who wants that excuse to get a nose job, they come to this thing. Yeah. You know, if if, if so, deviated septum is not is not uh, is not convincing anyone. 
then go have your nose broken here. And he wins multiple trophies for this. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is. He is. He runs I didn't the know. dojo <laughs> so he can give out his own trophies. Exactly. <laughs> Another it, win for me. me. <laughs> Every class is he gets a darker black belt after he beats up a bunch of 11-year-olds until basically it's that black that, that absorbs all light. Yeah. It's a, he just gets an obsidian black belt that you cannot see any light refracted from ever. And there were just little kids lined up like bodies, like when they do that sweeping shot in uh, Gone with the Wind and they show all the, the injured soldiers. That's <laughs> yep. what it is. You're just going to sweep over all these little kids in pain, moaning, and him with his fists on his, on his waist and looking off with pride as a giant trophy looms in the background. That doesn't happen, but it might as well. And again, he's in charge of the town's Christmas pageant because this is a non-Hallmark, Hallmark Christmas movie, and town's Christmas pageants are huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, then again, that was set up way back in Charlie Brown Christmas, which is neat because they're doing Christmas pageant for no one because there are no adults. It's these kids who are just going through the motions of life after the adults left them. They're just trying to retain some <laughs> level of normalcy. Yeah. I don't know who they're going to perform to because they're also the only kids and they're also on stage. It's sad, but we'll discuss that another time. So, yeah. so Charlie Charlie Brown takes place in like the town from it. It's just like <laughs> it's just sadness. It's just sadness. <laughs> the, the kids are on their own. They That's have to solve their own problems. Side. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's always sighing. That's a, I mean, they they hear this horn, which is maybe the aliens communicating with them, you know, and they say, these are our new parents. So we've discussed Brandy's attractive husband, Valentino, who likes to, you know, beat up his students and run the Christmas pageant. So Brandy sold her Jennings Aviation Corporation. And so she's living a good life. So whereas in other movies, I will say this. This sets it up that you would think there's a chance that Charlotte and her family, Helen Graham there, and I'm glad that at least they go, Brandy wasn't lying. Brandy's yeah. not lying in a newsletter. Because it's not that they showed up and it's his RV where Brandy is just trying to spray away this herd of raccoons. <laughs> her husband is putting this secret stash in, an, in a, like an abandoned washing machine out on the front lawn because he doesn't trust the banks. You know? So. <laughs> They have a really beautiful yeah. house in a really beautiful area, and he really does beat up his students to get money for it. Yep. And she really did sell it. It's all real. Now, what we haven't discussed is Charlotte's husband, Rob, played by Jason Biggs. Jason Biggs is acting in a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Biggs is so... I'm going to say this. Jason Biggs does a great job. Everyone does what is called from this movie, so we're not calling out people on their acting. Please understand this. But Jason Biggs, so he's actually a believable dad. I mean, he's, yeah, he's just, he's just a he's just a pleasant guy who yeah. has the he has the right reactions. Nothing yeah. over the top. It is it is everything Jason Biggs has never been. <laughs> well, like you said, what you were hoping for at some point, what he doesn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, he never has relations with any pies in this movie, so it was very weird. And this is the holiday. There are a lot of pies, and they would have made him a pie shaped however he wanted it to be shaped. oh yeah because we'll get to we'll get the pancakes later and he doesn't screw the pancakes either yeah and what i was kind of hoping at one point is that maybe eugene levy would show up and have a little right. chat with his son you know and because who doesn't want to see eugene levy in anything first of all jason biggs character rob who we're going to call jason biggs for the rest of this conversation his yeah. dream 
is that they basically fixes up homes and I guess sells them. And he has a dream house in mind that they can't quite do because they, you know, that would be dipping into the life savings. Now, oddly enough, we haven't discussed what Charlotte does, yeah. which is Heather Graham, by the way. She yeah. works for a company called StarTech, which makes it sound like they're, they're making cell phones in 1999. Mm-hmm. And she is, I forget the exact term what it is, but she basically checks if the company's devices are explosive. And it turns out, oh, are they? Yeah, there's a vacuum that explodes. Yeah, I mean, it catches on fire. And apparently Consumer Weekly, because they didn't get the rights for Consumer Reports, called it vacuum of death. Which is a weird phrase because a vacuum is nothingness, not a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Just the nothingness of death is kind of morbid. But that's her job. And she's not happy with it because she wanted to be a famous inventor in these movies. That's a job, by the way. And this was her stopgap thing. And apparently it's been a stopgap thing for several years. And that's kind of the realistic part of the movie there. You get a job and you do it while you were hoping for everything else. So Brandy's life is perfect. And for, except for one thing, it kind of is. Charlotte's life is normal and Charlotte's not having it. You know, there are ups and downs, but Charlotte's not having it. And that is our comparison. So these are our warring families that are going to come to a head when they finally reach Brandy's house at like two in the morning. Yeah, (laughs) just middle of the night. With no one contacting anyone. I guess we could say maybe no signal. For hundreds of miles. <laughs> so they do reach the house. And yeah. they're surprised to find out it's Brandy's house. And the son says, surprise. And Brandy says, so I take it this is yours. I guess take it this is one of yours. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he is now once we remove the tracking chip from the back of his neck. But, you know, <laughs> this is what we do. He may or may not have peed. <laughs> It might also be his monkey. We do not. I should not have said that. Oh, so let us discuss on the car ride some information we find out about Rob. Oh, Jason Biggs. So Jason, Jason Biggs, Biggs has a he previously dated Brandy in, in college. college. Yeah. And so they were in a no doubt cover band together. Kind of a no doubt cover. band. Yeah, that's he, he keeps clarifying that it's not a no doubt cover band. It was called Total Certainty, which is a great name for a. Which is fake, actually, I will give that up yeah. for a fake No Doubt cover band. And it, it's almost played, there. What sucks to be two is a title. <laughs> <laughs> Callback, people. All right. Sucks. And to they be, play yeah. they play music that is close to No Doubt, but not exactly No Doubt. And I yeah. I am so surprised that they didn't come up with more songs. I didn't either. I'm not setting up a joke, but I'm surprised that they didn't. Also have like any of these fake songs. songs that were similar in title to No Doubt songs. I thought they would have done that, but I, I thought didn't. we would have heard one of them. Yeah, but then again, I guess there are copyright issues. I thought we would yeah. have heard some. Th- now, Brandy's in this. Will Brandy be singing? Yes, of course. Is Brandy doing all the singing? Oddly enough, no. There are other people there, but I get that. You would think Brandy would want to get some songs in there. So. But they're having this conversation. Remember how you two were in that No Doubt cover band called Total Certainty, which again brings up the fact, when do these people talk to each other? <laughs> I know, I know you got to get the exposition, but this is expedition like, as you know, you, as you know, you are my brother. You know, it's that, you know, as you know, you are my husband kind of exposition. It is clumsy, but, you know, when you've only got, what, 80 minutes at most for this movie? This is a short film. Yeah, I, I wrote down... Uh, right away that this movie is only an hour and 21 minutes 
and that movie runtime shouldn't start with an eight unless they have like a reindeer made out of clay in them but <laughs> but apparently every single one because i've watched a couple of christmas hallmarky movies in the last week in addition to this one and they're all 84 minutes because of yeah. commercials so if you're filling two hours your movie has to be an hour 24. You have 80 minutes and you have to cram in exposition. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, with, with holiday films, they do know they, they like to keep it brief and they like to keep it light. And there's a reason they do tropes because the tropes work. And you don't go into these films going, I want to learn something. You go in these because this is the equivalent of hot cocoa. You just want to enjoy it, sip at it. If you zone out and come back in 42 minutes later, you've lost nothing. No. And that's and that's perfectly fine. I mean, and here's the thing. If you do this in this movie, you have lost nothing except wondering, oh, poor Heather Graham. And yeah, so when they get there, Brandy is very happy to see them. And you're very happy to see Sharp because, you know, they were friends and she hasn't seen her in a while. And she said, I always tell people to come over, but they don't. She says, please stay the night. They do. And it's all focused on Charlotte. But once it comes time to Brandy giving them the bed sheets and everything, Brandy is oddly Jason Biggs focused. On this to a point that you don't do these things in front of other people i have a different because theory. not only okay i want to hear it yeah but I, i'll, I let, you, I'll let you that finish photo. but it, my theory involves okay. the whole movie though so i don't know if we want to do it now but we can say well, that she's what she's if, oddly what it feels organic she's oddly jason biggs focused you're right so you can go with that and then i'll yeah. i have something no, no. that wraps it up at the end I, yeah. I would love to hear it. And I don't yeah. mean that's okay. I would. So yeah. she gets some extra blankets because remembers how Jason Biggs used to get chilly at night, which, listen, it's nothing wrong, but it seems a little odd to say in front of someone's partner. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little sensitive in that regard. She also gives him a framed photo of her and Jason Biggs when they were in the bed to put next to the bed while Heather Graham and Jason Biggs sleep, which is essentially going... Obviously, the gender thing, but this is essentially gone. Here's a framed dick pic. Boom. Go to sleep, everyone. Enjoy. Remember when we had something together? Rest off to this. Charlotte is a nervous kind of character, and she's a jealous character. And this obviously piques her jealousy, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. And they get into a conversation about how she's not spontaneous. And Rob talks about how wonderful Jackie was and how spontaneous when they dated and what what a breath of fresh air, which, you know what, choose your time to say things. Your partner is feeling insecure and jealous. Don't highlight the thing that's going to increase that notion and then top it off with, so let's have some sex. <laughs> it doesn't go well. He calls her out a little for not being spontaneous, which she says again. And then they basically next door hear uh, Brandy and. Oh, it's not just here. Victoria, just. Oh, yeah. No, it moves the it's house. It's full on balance. They have yeah. sex. This and is, it moves the house. It moves the whole house. The whole house. And this is a large house, people. Yeah, like. This is a very large how house. How violent is this sex <laughs> that, that they're moving this mansion? Like. <laughs> It is a pretty new-looking mansion. It's not like they're in an old 1800s home. Like it looks like a yeah, new it's, it's not construction. Like a it's not like a British castle kind of deal. Yeah. They are moving that house. The weirdest thing about this, about this power drive of a sec. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I mean, it's it's there, there's. Well, listen, we know this is seasonal and Christmas and everyone, but this is full on jackhammering here. Yeah. They do this without saying a word. 
Because usually when you've hit that level, I'm not saying this from personal experience because that'd be just <laughs> weird and disgusting, but what do you hit that level? You are saying things to each other, <laughs> at least to some degree. You are not staring at each other in dead silence as this happening or staring at some part of some of each other at this while this is happening. Freddie's husband's just family. looking at his but, phone, ordering a, ordering a sex trophy for himself. <laughs> he's like, that's why he's not talking, because he's busy on Amazon ordering a sex trophy. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to tell the 11-year-olds in class on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Bam in their face. So this there is a lot of knocks over the uh, frame photo. Th throughout this movie, there's a lot of weird sex stuff, like just yeah, weird timing, even a little... like weird timing of yeah. sex. Like if you know that your sex moves the whole house, I don't think you do it when you have, or you put them in a room that's gonna feel the tremors less i guess because it's, it's a big house <laughs> you could put them like further down the hallway maybe so that you know they're not near they're they not could, near where the tectonic plates are shaking like, <laughs> like just a little could, further off the, they, yeah you could have put them in the east wing of this mansion yeah. and it would have been perfectly fine but you're right this is particularly seismic sex I was actually curious if the guest room would actually be next to the master bedroom. That's a curious kind yeah, of Yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah. To be quite honest. Yeah. I mean, what happens that you realize that the bathrooms are close together while you're just trying to brush your teeth? They're doing it on the on the sink in the next bathroom over and you just hear that shake. Every part of this movie, they don't get to do anything. All they just hear is just pounding. That's not actually what happens, but this is the reality yeah. it seems to yeah. be setting up. Had this been that kind of movie, we would have opened with that detail, people. <laughs> I would also think if you're Rob and you're really focused on how Brandy was, I would think Rob's going, I, I never did that. <laughs> we never, no. He didn't wake up, though. <laughs> he didn't wake up. And I'm going to tell you, this is wake up sex. This is full on wake up sex. This was, I think Rob would be just looking off as our favorite phrase into the middle distance going, we never moved the long twin in college like that. Brandy and her husband Valentino have their own superpower. And it's this. Yeah, that is. By the way, again, you will never hear anything about the superhero again. No, never. You'll so, hear about the ninja thing once the context is off. Go ahead. So we Sorry. get through the, <laughs> we get through the violent house shaking sex, and in the morning, night pound, we find yeah. out that they are trapped in three feet of snow, or at least no, it was even more than three feet. It was like it was up to Heather Graham's shoulders, right? Like it was pretty high. Oh, oh. yeah. This is the blizzard that almost destroys Christmas and Rudolph. Yeah. It is. And the sister got now, more snow, which is insane. <laughs> which which basically means the gods have given up on humanity. For this level of snow, you're not seeing 2024, people. This is it. This is the day after tomorrow level of snow. Now, here's the thing about that snow. We find out not too long after a breakfast of awkwardness, mm -hmm. which we'll get to, yeah. you find out that the driveway is heated, which, okay, one would assume, given everything, and that snow is melted. You also find out because it's such a wonderful town. Those streets are plowed. So they're able to get everywhere, but no one ever thinks, now we leave. Because yeah. maybe it's that, remember that uh, Once Upon a Time series where you can never leave yeah. the fairy tale village? I think that's what it is. They can't get out. It's, it's a Twilight Zone episode, but no one also thinks to try. But the snow, it is biblical levels of snow and so they're stuck there jason biggs calls her sister because 
she apparently does not talk to her sister ever. <laughs> they should, because they should check in. <laughs> it's been 50 hours since they left the house, according to the sister, and they haven't even they haven't even sent out a search party or sent a curious text like, "Hey, you up?" Nothing. Nothing from the sister. Now you would imagine after a snowfall like this, they would be worried they're dead in a car, frozen. Yeah. 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 They never even made it. They're on the piles of snow. They've eaten the young. They maybe ate the, the stuffy <laughs> yeah. bear first, despite the urine. But no, nothing. Yeah, he sends a text but like, uh, we're, we're good. And then they send a text back with a thumbs up. And that's about it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> what, we're, what we're assuming is that Charlotte does not come from an ethnic family. Because this would have been panic texts and screaming. This might be, this might be very wasp. I don't know. So after Heather Graham realizes that they can't go anywhere because of the snow, they reluctantly have breakfast or she reluctantly has breakfast that's already being prepared for her whole family. These perfect pancakes that they made for each kid. So there's a superhero for the daughter, uh, ninja stars for the son, even a banana pancake for the monkey. And Jason Biggs uncomfortably gets a crown pancake because Brandy calls him her king of rock and roll, which is a little weird to keep pushing that. Which is that. a little odd, yeah. Yeah, and then on top of that, which is just, they give Charlotte or Heather Graham a pancake that she says, and a, and a nucleus of an atom for my inventor friend or something like that. And, and all it is is just a silver dollar pancake. It is, everyone, is, everyone else is elaborate. The crown for the rock person has jewels, like candy jewels in the crown. And she gets she gets a plain round pancake. <laughs> it's because Heather Graham helped Brandy through college in physics. Yeah. Brandy would eventually go on to form an aviation company, as we discussed. Brandy and Charlotte would work with StarTech. Yeah. So they have a, an awkward breakfast where Heather Graham and Jason Biggs kind of discuss how they don't move the house. It's all euphemisms about their sex in front of the kids and everyone else, which is weird enough. This is also the point that we finally get to meet the daughter, Beatrix. Beatrix is a lot, and it's not a knock on the actor. No, but she's, she's just she's doing the same thing as Heather Graham. Her. She's just doing what they gave her, yeah. but what they give her is terrible. And at this point, Brandy says Santa dropped letters. Now, because the, 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 time... the son was concerned. Yeah that Santa wouldn't be able to find them because Santa knew that they were going to the sister's house and now they're at Brandy's house. So is Santa right. going to know where to go? Uh, and Heather and so, said she had texted, she had texted Santa that yeah. they were tight. Hence yeah. when she did that whole rap thing that yeah, was sure. embarrassing. Yeah. That was an embarrassment, not for the movie, but for viewers as well. And so the letters are personalized. Even monkey Bob gets one. Yep. I mean, these are beautiful letters. These are offended. She does Photoshop well. By the way, Heather Graham has found a Photoshop book. And Heather yeah. Graham d has used this to look around to see if the newsletter she got was all Photoshop. As we discussed earlier, everything Including is going. So, so she went, yeah. when she found this Photoshop thing, she's like, oh, all these pictures in the newsletter must be fake. And so she went around the house looking for proof that the letter, the stuff was in. So this is all, Heather Graham does nothing but snoop around this whole house the whole movie. The whole movie, even when she yeah. should be done snooping, she still snoops. Even when she's learned her lesson about not snooping, she finds a reason to snoop one last time. Which but, is actually horrifying. Yeah. But anyway, so so the the letters come from Santa. Jackie made them and and the kids are so excited that Santa's going to come. Stupid Beatrix. The smart one. <laughs> yeah. Decides that she's going to look up the chimney to see 
that Santa definitely did come down the chimney to deliver these letters and says, but the flu is closed. If Santa's real, he's going to close the flu. <laughs> Santa like, would take off. off his, Santa, Santa can only be in a house for 0. 0.0003 seconds, and I'm sure even he takes off his boots. So he's gonna he's gonna take yeah. off, he's gonna close that flu. I mean, even the mom could have easily said that. Yeah. A lot of kids are given a lot a lot of leeway here. Come I mean, on. they are at the age where kids become curious about whether right. Santa's real and want to do what they can to see if he's real. And I get test. that. And she yeah. is a Harvard kid that we get told over and over and she's super smart and she's not polite. And oh, no. She's so smart that she can't be polite. And that, so, that's for plebes. And so she <laughs> needs to look at this from a smart person, scientific hypothesis, all that stuff sort of way to determine if Santa's real. And it is... I just needed Brandy to take little smarty pants aside and be like, hey, why don't we let Grant have this? You can do your experiment on your own, but let him just keep going. Let him have it. He doesn't need to be taught whether he's real or not. I had friends whose son realized early on that there was no Santa. And what my friend told their kid was like, remember, a lot of other kids believe in Santa. Don't say anything. Don't yeah. tell your friends who believe that they don't because it's important to them. And the kid was very good and he did that so that's what you do but we need a plot b for this movie i know and if she's getting into harvard at 10 she should have proven that santa's not real when she was four <laughs> yeah i mean 10 is a little okay not for me because i was a late bloomer or anything but no, 10's a little I, on the cusp to begin with no i i mean my kid stopped last year and she's 13 yeah. or 30 or 75 I'm, who knows how old who knows i'm uh, finding out i'm I, finding I, out I about middle school too i was in middle yeah. school I was too. I'm fine. Well, I'm finding about Santa now. Thank you very much, Kevin. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Oh, that, yeah. Blame Beatrix. I, I am. So she's going to rope in poor Grant and his monkey to prove this whole deal. And this involves bothering the Santa at the town market. Christmas tree Santa's farm thing. slash. Christmas tree farm thing. Yeah. By the way, this is also a movie that happens in every Christmas movie where families who are obsessed about Christmas buy their Christmas tree like 14 minutes before Christmas. This we is a family who has too. decorated the hell house. Did you really? Yeah, we would get our Christmas tree like oh, wow. on the 23rd. And like oh, once wow. when I got married and we started having like our own Christmas, right. it was amazing to have the tree up so early. It was like, we have Christmas already? Yeah, it was unbelievable. But yeah, we would I'm get actually... it. My mom, my mom was a teacher. And so the last day of school before Christmas break, we would we would borrow my cousin's truck. And right. we would get a Christmas tree on like December 23rd or 22nd or whatever that last day okay. was. Yeah. And then no, we would that's... seriously decorate it. <laughs> and, and that is actually a good point because, again, I was taking it from my perspective and that isn't yeah. fair. And to be quite honest, I don't remember when we put it because in my head it's like, oh, yeah, after Thanksgiving. I don't think it was. It might have been a week or two beforehand because the period of Christmas has elongated since we were kids. I will say. So maybe. No, but to defend you, because I know that I threw a wrench in your thing by saying no, mine, no, no, mine no. was late but to defend no, you if you are if you look at brandy and her house and her child kicking <laughs> husband is the is the <laughs> is the leader of the the christmas, christmas pageant and all of this stuff you would think you'd have a christmas tree before three days if you're a newsletter person you're probably a big instagram person or something like that 
because it probably moves. Oh, to there's that, no social so. media in this. There's no social media. No, there media isn't, but you would think you are. Yeah. So you would think yeah. you would set up Christmas in your house long before that. The stockings were up to have the letters in them. The reason why I thought they would have done it earlier is because the house outside is decked full out, including yeah. a Santa sleigh, which if you see a Santa sleigh in the first act of the film, you see, <laughs> I don't, I don't think this film has a third act the way this is structured. I think it's act one, act two, and then Brandy sings. <laughs> so there is no third act in this film. It's not that kind of film. But yeah, so I would have assumed, I was surprised. So then Brandy, while well, they're looking for you, Brandy and Valentino make out again hard. I mean, yeah. I really thought they were gonna they were gonna be picking out needles from various crevices of their bodies in, in short order. It's I mean, good for them. That's Great. always yeah. nice to see. And then you're the and then I'm, just the whole time they're making out, I'm saying, please don't, Heather Graham. Don't do it, Heather please Graham. Don't. Just don't. You don't need to one up make out them. You don't what does Heather but Graham they do? do? Yay! <laughs> and it's not awkward at all. So that happens. So to go back to plot B, the Beatrix is, well, I guess she's doing it. She has a theory and she's testing it out. She tests it out by asking Santa, thanking Santa for the letters, but she lies where the letters are placed. Santa goes, oh, I'm glad you found this. She goes, okay, that's not the real Santa. At any point, anyone could have just said, that's one of Santa's helpers. That's always the out. That is always the out. But they have to do one more. They have to prove this Santa's not real. And how they do it is when we get to Christmas, Christmas magic slash Halloween horror. Because... To prove that this isn't Santa, they remove Santa's hat and beard. And the way they do that is Grant gets a little window in the house that Santa's behind for the monkey to grab the hat. And the monkey's arms suddenly stretch out and grab the hat. This monkey has thumbs and fingers that work and remove. And at that point, I think we had entered horror. Yeah, it's got a Chucky situation to it. It's a Chucky. Yeah. And then the monkey pees on him, you know, but but (laughs) we don't know this monkey's bladder, but apparently it's problematic. To defend the children. <laughs> Will someone please think of the children? <laughs> How did the elves, Santa's elves and the Santa helper, let them into the Santa house to climb up above to drop the monkey on the there's, Santa? Because there's usually not a back door to those places. I mean, the they're, Santa they're not, was they're not a, living. <laughs> the Santa was drinking a Red Bull. The Santa's suspect. Yeah, I mean, that, that should have been your sign. You didn't even need to do the letter questioning thing. Yeah. It's, I, I find most people who drink Red Bull suspect. I'm kidding. We would love Red Bull as our sponsor. Uh, uh, it gives our <laughs> podcast wings. Ha! Huh? <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thanks. We have to add extra I somewhere in our title <laughs> to tie it in. But yeah, so that is the plot. The kids get in trouble. The The son is obviously upset. Grant is upset. The daughter, again, Dora, is nowhere to be found. Because no, she of disappears is, Yeah, I don't know how she, I don't know why she couldn't be part of the plot B, but she just wasn't. She shows up initially when they ask Santa, and then she just goes yeah. to the cornfield. I don't know what happens. This is... So they get the tree, and this is where we find out about Heather Graham's invention that's not taking off. The chip mitt. The chip mitt. Now, a chip mitt, if you don't know, <laughs> is, a, <laughs> is, is a glove that you can wear when you eat snacks like Cheetos and things and Doritos that you don't get. It uses reverse static electricity, which is a thing, to, to keep the crumbs and the cheese dust off of your hands. While you eat, which is what yeah. any glove does. <laughs> because just, that's why you, you wear can just a glove. take a glove off when you're done. Now, 
the horror. That's why to people me. commit murders with gloves because the <laughs> blood goes on the glove. Now the problem for me is it is just it it sends shivers up my body to eat with gloves on. I can't I imagine eating with gloves on. It is a nightmare to me <laughs> to have fabric on my hands. I would rather sign up for the testing for them to inject the tech into my skin than to use the glove. Like, let's just try it. Just inject whatever that is into my fingers, and I'll and I'll try Cheetos that way. I can't wear gloves and eat. That's so it's alarming. That is. <laughs> Very particular, Kevin. <laughs> I, I I can I don't like to wear gloves because I don't like to feel removed from my fingers, which yes. is weird, and uh, and which is why my hands are always freezing. Maybe also poor circulation. But my question was again that was very specific, Kevin. My question <laughs> and very revealing. Thank you for that. I, I think how, I think I'll, how are you not the same that. person? We're always the same person. We are always the same. <laughs> I'm person on an island and, right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're on our own island of misfit toys, Kevin. Sometimes. The I was curious where the dust went. Right, if it repelled the dust, true. does it just go in the air and go in your pants? <laughs> yeah, it that, just goes that, on your pants. Cheese that's dust is going somewhere. Yeah. And, and I also yeah. And the construction of the glove is like a pincer. It only allows a thumb and a and your pointer finger. Your other fingers are in a mitten. So you, you have might, three it, fingers in this mitten area, and then you have your two Thing, chip grabbing fingers available in the glove. It's like I you're eating. Like it, it makes me claustrophobic <laughs> to think about putting these gloves on and having to eat chips. Like, like my fingers, some of them are okay, some of them are free, some of them are working together. I don't understand how this goes. I want you to know so <laughs> the next four hours of this particular podcast is all going to be hand based. It's all this now. Forget the rest of this plot. This is where we're <laughs> We have a lot to work with Kevin here, people. And I think together we can solve this. One, I don't like mittens. I've never liked mittens. Yeah. I, again, if I don't like gloves, mittens are basically I've just lost control of my hand. Yeah. It's curious the way you're saying about the glove because, true, it's sort of like having a flipper in mid-evolution. Yeah. You're <laughs> getting that thumb, but the rest of yeah. it hasn't happened yet. And you're eating. I don't. I wouldn't want to eat things with gloves. I mean, I'm but not God, sure they to are. the They're level gray. that you would. <laughs> the gloves are gray, so it's like an evolving dolphin hand. Oh God! <laughs> Remember I what was the so <laughs> the Onion News headline from way back when? Is like dolphins develop thumbs. Oh shit! Says humanity. Yeah. That's what I thought of when I saw that glove. <laughs> So, because remember, Charlotte, Heather Graham wanted to be inventor. We get a glimpse of the uh, the beginning, like the husband being in charge of the Christmas pageant, because this is when they reveal. It's the only time we see this husband really doing anything for the Christmas yeah. pageant. Brandy introduces the person who's playing the angel, who was the former head engineer of the thing, that plays nothing into the plot. There's no reason to mention that. We will see that person later. Yeah, just for a joke that isn't but, necessary. But, but all it, but all it does is show that she lost her job, and now I mean, she, like she sold the company. I'm hoping she didn't. I'm hoping the company is still solvent, and she right. went with the sale. I'm hoping that's good because otherwise, that is the cruelest, most dismissive comment. You know what? <laughs> she was my, she was she the best engineer we had before I sold that company. Before I sold that job, and now but, she's an angel in our <laughs> Christmas pageant. <laughs> Isn't it so? Huh? 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 You know when God when God closes a door. Yeah. 
But <laughs> it's the only time we see the husband conducting anything. Brandy and Jason Biggs then do a song together that is not a no doubt non cover song. It is just a Christmas song, which again, if Jason Biggs, whose character Rob is a very decent person overall, who paying attention all, would realize maybe you don't do this. Because later, Brandy will make this wonderful Christmas dinner and Rob will go, Jason, but go on and on about how Brandy seems to be great at everything and how this meal is great at everything. And I know he's being complimentary to his host, but also get the tone of the room. So I don't think I think it's Jason Biggs stuck with a character that they need him to say things so Charlotte can get upset. That's the plot. We need reasons for Charlotte to get more and more amped up. And as you said, she's going through the house because she found a letter that Rob had sent oh, that's to Brandy. Right, yeah. And she wants to get this in and she wants to find it. So she's going everywhere. She has full access to this house, as you said, except for one door that she really tries to open. And for a while, I thought we'd reveal that the door, that behind the door was Bart's conjoined twin Hugo yep, that they were 100%. hiding from yeah. Treehouse. I have a feeling you probably wrote that in the same note. I, I don't have that she, note, but yeah, I thought it was some hideous... Yeah kid that they couldn't show <laughs> or maybe it's maybe it's the yeah. first mrs rochester i don't know that <laughs> instead of hiding her in the attic they put her in the study or the crafts room but so, so she has it and she's trying to find this letter which is how she accidentally gets locked out of the house which again as we said this is when this is clip art narrative so it's a good thing they showed photoshop by the she way got, she, find she that, got right back in she got oh, right back because, in the house because there's, nothing's locked yeah, there are yeah. no keypads nothing yeah. when she found that photoshop book she found it in the guest bedroom which was a weird on the floor which for someone in brandy who's perfect with everything it seemed the weird like eh toss it out wherever she was passing by <laughs> she just walked down the hallway finished the book just threw it in whatever was the first open door and there it went so charlotte also has like a late night drink with the husband valentino oh god and valentino's <laughs> like you know it makes sense that jason biggs and brandy remember people can be attracted to each other without it being sexual attraction without it being anything more which is perfectly true yeah. And, you know, he says, do you find me attractive? He says, yes, you're a very, very handsome man. And then Heather Graham asks <laughs> if he finds her attractive. And while this may not be the essential word, the essential phrasing is absolutely not. He just says no. <laughs> no. He just says no. And, oh, listen, if we're going to be very superficial. I, my only note for that was, dear Jesus, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Heather Graham. <laughs> That's the only note. I had nothing else. I just said, there's nothing else to say. I mean, if we're going to be very superficial here, there's no reason one wouldn't find her attractive. I mean, she's attractive. Everyone in this cast is attractive. Yeah. You don't say these things. And that's when you see the screenwriter writing this because they needed to make her feel even more awkward and unloved. And so she is wandering around. By the way, the kids got in trouble for the Santa thing, and we'll come back to that in a second because that's its own thing. So she's wandering around, and she finds she finds herself in the attic because she's still looking for that letter because she is obsessed because Charlotte has nothing else to do except feel miserable and worried and watch her husband flirt with Brandy, sure. and it just never ends. And when she's there, the husband hears this knocking because he's been hearing people going around, and does he excellent? Does he knock her out like one of his students? Does he yeah, kick he, her in he the face? Yeah, he kicks her right in the stomach. Yeah, which I got to say, if he is an obsidian-level black belt, you go to the emergency room after a kick like that. Right, and I mean, she's she's clearly smaller than this giant karate man. 
Yeah. I feel like you could just turn the lights on and be like, what are you doing, buddy, if you're a black belt in karate? Instead of just kicking at shadows. Like, just he's just running into a room kicking and Heather Graham got in the way. Like, that's how he enters every room. <laughs> you know who does that? Lunatics. <laughs> and people who lead really successful dojos. Yeah. So they find out through all this, it is accidentally revealed, Brandy's gift to her husband which is that she had repaired this beautiful dollhouse that his mom made. His mom or his grandma? I believe it's his I think mom. it was mom. Oh, okay, I didn't I know if they said like it well. the daughter's grandmother. Yes. And it was beautiful. That, the, the, we find out for no reason that ever applies to anything in this movie ever again, that the mother used to make these wonderful little dollhouses, and there was a fire. This was the only one who was broken up. Brandy took a whole bunch of time putting together. It's a beautiful little gift that shows the obsessive detail and how Brandy is perfect. So, of course... Charlotte, when getting up, leans against the table, and this house that was painstakingly put together by what I imagine was pure spit. <laughs> just just gumption. <laughs> just gumption and the will for it to stay together shatters like a gingerbread house dropped so from seven pieces. stories. So many pieces. And Brandy can't take it anymore. And Jason, but Brandy is muted about this. Jason yeah, this Day is, can't take it anymore. This is, this is rock bottom. This is rock bottom. This is where it For is. Heather Graham. Like, Thank God we finally found Heather Graham's rock bottom. <laughs> we did, because it ha- had this gone on for another 10 minutes, there would have been a body involved. <laughs> I'm sorry, but your daughter was so mouthy. Yeah. She kept so, pointing out my very insecurity that I had to take that pillow. Yeah. <laughs> shh, shh, it's almost over. We just you'll never that. have, you'll, we just you'll never have Instagram. We, yeah, we right. killed an old person in the last Instagram. We can't kill so a now, child in this one. We're killing yes, a child. We can't do it. I'm stopping you. I'm putting a stop to this right now. Put All right. Pillow you're right. Away. You're right. You're right, because, you know, the plot B is pretty much almost over anyway, so we don't need to do this. You know, what? it was going to be a festive, very well-stitched pillow, Brandy, man, okay. but still, I'm not happy about this either. I don't so, think, but I'm blaming the thing. So, so Jason so Biggs. Jason Biggs has his called, big moment of, this is his speech. big moment. Yeah. It's a speech. Yeah, it's a speech about saying that Heather Graham just is jealous and needs, he's disappointed in her and upset that ah. she doesn't like his family as much as she should and and just to make her feel even worse and because she's you know this is her again her rock bottom and, and so yeah, and he does say things that maybe at that time you don't say in front of people because brandy the kid and the husband are there listening to all this <laughs> and you know you don't like our family you're not proud of our family i love our family clearly you don't love our family look what you've done to everything brandy says i think it's time you reveal something so i thought he was letter, gonna be the, i thought he was gonna be the father of daniel Ooh, that that would have been a bit much for so a much non-horn. Too much. So much. <laughs> because then I think Heather Graham's character way it's written. The first question is, so did you shake the house when you had sex and you had him? It's like that's the only way that's the only way Jackie likes it. It's that or nothing. I yeah. had to say the character's name rather than the actor's name at that point, because otherwise that would have been very awkward. That's the only way Jackie likes it. But we find out Rob, because at the very beginning, and on, t- on top of being annoyed at Jackie's newsletters, is that Heather Graham doesn't like the concept of Christmas newsletters at all, because we all got to hate something. Yeah. Because we all got to be yeah. a Grinch about something, and that's perfectly fine. But Rob has secretly been sending out Christmas newsletters and saying how proud he is of the family, because only one parent seems to be proud in this family. 
and how everything, and he's always posted a thing in this very positive thing. And for years, because later Heather Graham gets to read all of them, laid out perfectly on the carpet as if she's just going to lean on her elbow. There's no reason it's laid out this perfect. I will say but she's that I, I genuinely felt like some choke up in my Oh, uh, like sweet. It, when, she's, when she's reading all the letters. Uh, yeah. 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 It was very sweet. Yeah. And this is, Brandy's not even upset that she destroyed the house, to be quite honest. She's, she's upset about the all real the house. snooping and all yeah. that. Like all the sneaking around and lying and all yeah. that. That's what Brandy's oh, upset about. All the 411 other things that have happened within a <laughs> not two and, the and a half day period. Not, not the, the shoes. <laughs> not the boots. And not destroying what I imagine took years, took months of folding over that scotch tape so the walls will stick together for 11 minutes to bring that house together. Not upset about that at all. But so Rob's been sending out this lovely letter that apparently, again, no contact with any relative whatsoever, because that's not a secret you can keep for, as we've seen by the letter, 11 years, longer so than the kids have been only alive. only a newsletter to Jackie. Apparently, because yeah. had it gone to anyone else in the family, say her sister or parents or anyone, <laughs> yeah. there's no way Heather Graham would not know about this letter. But then again, they don't keep in touch with anybody. Unless you see someone face to face, the other people don't exist. Yeah. It's like in a plot where basically it's, you know, it's Rosencrantz and Gilson. Once they're off the stage, they don't exist. Once they're on stage, the rest of the cast of Hamlet doesn't exist. This... What I'm saying is this is a Tom Stoppard play, this movie. Oh. But it's one of his weaker ones. It's one of his weaker ones. It's weird because he started off with Rosencrantz and Kildestone. You wouldn't think this would have been his second one, but there's a dive, people. This did this was this they didn't show this at the Edinburgh Festival. So she's happy because there's love. They all agree yeah. the monkey's weird. The monkey's gonna kill them all, apparently. We know yeah. this, but not in this movie, because it has to end up happy. And then we find out that the sun has run on. Because the son, who has constant, complete access wait, wait. to his mother's so, phone. So wait, before you know, something. Before oh the, no, before that. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't know if this is going to be the same thing. But before the son runs off, the they actually pack up to leave, and then Jackie, yeah. she goes. Heather Graham apologizes to Brandy about all the stuff that they did, and Brandy says, "You're going to leave. You can't leave. It's still Christmas. We, I forgive you, like all that." And and so they agree to stay. So now they're they are going to stay for Christmas and then Grant runs away and everyone goes searching for him. Now, if I had children, I would be in full panic mode that my child yeah. is missing in a town yeah. that I don't know that my child was missing. First of all, yeah. my brother would wander off like crazy as a kid. We had my entire soccer team look for him in full panic during a game. To go find him, he was asleep <laughs> up in the up in the stadium in the little announcer's booth. He he wandered off at Hearst Castle with a different group and almost got on a bus and almost left the state. And we got because we got a phone call. Only when he was getting busted, he realized none of these people look familiar to me. He was also eight, so I'll give him that. But we went into full panic mode. Here, everyone's kind of okay. I mean, they're yeah. looking. But as you told me before, we spoke, Heather kind of smiles at the cameras as she realizes people are still watching. So they haphazardly look around for this kid i was Very also bothered by i know that the santa helper that's dressed as santa is traumatized by these kids because they took his hat off and his beard but when when you're like have you seen this kid you could be like oh god is he missing as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to thank god i haven't <laughs> <laughs> you know what 
<laughs> if there is a Santa, he's going to make sure you find him in a ditch. You know, it, no, it's it's I really do like kids, people. <laughs> I really actually do the way this is all coming across. Yeah, it was curious. And they were looking around. So Brandy remembers Brandy. Yeah. Not Heather Graham. Well, the mom. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll okay, because Heather Graham is doesn't, nervous. She, well, she also doesn't know that there's that restaurant exists. Yeah. So Brandy realizes, oh, wait, your son likes Ninja. Henceforth, yes, they do find him in a sushi restaurant because he likes ninjas. No, I think it's called like Warrior. Is it called sushi Warrior? Okay. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's that called you're... something like that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give, I'll give him credit. Yeah. Okay. Because I was afraid that I was like, your son wants to be a good fella? Off to the spaghetti factory. You know, which actually then, is kind of a weird choice for a little so, kid one. So, so they they find him at the at the restaurant, the sushi bar. Yeah. yeah. The Heather Graham has a very nice conversation. Her first like actual like decent moment where yeah, she sweet. tells the son that Santa is real and she believes it too. Like they have a yeah. nice moment together because the kid needs it. He needs it, and she's right. finally gonna be not a crazy focused on this other stuff mom and be there for her kid because they've had the they've had the makeup so it's good and then and then we find out that star tech is going out of business or whatever and she's but she's going to lose her job and she so on the tv they have the reporter come on and say star tech is they they lied about the vacuums and still put them out and she yells at the tv i told them not to like in the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> so like, and then the stupid restaurant people let her take the kid. Cause when you like the kid ran away, obviously for a reason, this woman yells at TVs in the middle of restaurants. You want to check to make sure it's okay for that kid to go. Like that's neglect on the restaurant people. <laughs> My, that's a very good point. My whole thing was like, do you have any proof he's your kid? Because this is a kid by himself. Anyone could have come in and said, ha, had a nice talk and let off this. Because this kid's wandering around anyway. He's going to follow whoever. They're little children. They'll follow someone. Now, the reason, on top of losing her job, that Heather Graham is freaking out. Oh, yeah, we forgot that, yeah. We're not forgetting. We're following following our muse. This is not forgetting. So Heather, who always wanted to say, who's kept saying, I want to be spontaneous. And I want to do something. And with Brandy's suggestion and inspiration, decides, you know what? I'm going to buy that dream house that Rob wanted, and we're going to use the life station. Now, this is before she finds out about the job loss, which basically the daughter Beatrice, Brandy's daughter Beatrice, says, your company's in trouble. You should sell out now. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Which at that point, you're not (laughs) (laughs) going to. I don't want to highlight the time that she was right. Now now who doesn't like kids, Kevin? Uh, Again, I do like kids. She Um, thought the tri-state area was 50 states just. (laughs) <laughs> that's true they show that she's she's trying to figure out santa sightings to see what to prove where santa is and it's all in malls and various things and first it says tri-state area it's the 48 contiguous states on a map and she says everywhere santa has been seen there are 11 pins <laughs> there's, there's i don't know most, what she's there's doing there's at most three pins in each state yeah at most and i'm gonna say <laughs> probably more santa helpers than that even in wyoming which we love as a state people so <laughs> to tie all back into my previous oh, wow, yeah yeah yeah, so yeah, <laughs> Wyoming and us, we're together. So back to the thing. So Brandy says, you know what? You should buy that dream house for me. Yeah. Which is a nice thought, but dear God, don't buy real estate by inspiration and without consulting your partner. Don't. Fine. Let it don't. be. She did but it. Let it be. She did it. And 
and then with the help of the daughter sure. who gets her a lower rate. Did you but notice the that thing. the did you notice the loan officer? His was name was the... his name was Stephen Miller. And he talked in a monotone, evil, creepy voice with it the was bald strange. head. Yeah. Right? But no, like Stephen Miller, like Trump Stephen Miller. That's all I was thinking was like, oh. is this a bit? Is this a bit? I... Because they just spelled the name slightly wrong. They made him look like Stephen Miller. Whether you like wow. whatever you like as a politician. Wherever you go, yeah. Whatever you go, but was this like a thing? Because it was too close for it not to be. That is good call. Once again, Kevin brings the very sharp details <laughs> sure. and focus. No, no, no. I mean, you always. Yeah, do. yeah. I, That's not. This is not false. Okay. No, I'm false just trying it. So, so then they, the, she buys this house for Jason Biggs to make up with him. But they, as a Christmas present. Yeah. As but a Christmas here's present. the thing. So the 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 Beatrix who gets them a three point one percent, which is good. Sure. Good. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. The daughter says you're giving them this high rate. When sales of that, that home area are down 41%. Now, remember, the purpose of buying this house is to repair it and sell it. it. When you hear that, <laughs> that should be the end of all real estate discussions. That should be it. That should be oh, over. God, yeah. You walk away. You don't invest in a depressed economic area where everything where, where the housing market is cratering. Because 41% drop in the last year is not a dip. That's a crater. <laughs> But say, what the hell? So now that she realized she loses her job, freak out, an understandable, logical Absolutely. freak out. Absolutely. And she says, I got to go. The only thing I got to sign in, I got to go to Salt Lake City, which I don't think is where they went to make the deal. But I got to go to Salt Lake City to sign off on it. And Brandy's fun. You can't because it's Christmas Eve, which I understand. You sure. know, you want the thing. But also... But what about the Christmas pageant? What about and the now Christmas this, pageant? They're, now, they're in financial ruin. <laughs> and she's like, what about the Christmas but, pageant? The, what, you've met the angel. You know my husband's doing it. You know eventually I'm going to sing because I'm Brandy. Why aren't you staying for this? For, so that, I'm going to say something here. That might have been the most realistic moment in this yeah, movie. I have because Brandy, no yeah, because Brandy is so well off that this level of, Entitlement's not the right word, but this perspective no. of the world is that that's not an immediate concern. And it was weird that this was the most realistic moment when she I, said that. Yeah. For Heather Grabb's character, this is like she finally is focused. And yeah. here we go. And this is the second time because I wrote Dear Jesus about the attractive thing. I wrote about Sweet Jesus. Brandy <laughs> is going to tell her that she just has to believe when they're about to lose everything. <laughs> and she has Are you going to let him live with you? It. She's like, yeah. you're right. Are you going to let him live with you? <laughs> By the way, the reason we keep saying dear and sweet Jesus is because it's the holidays, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we know how to focus. <laughs> sweet birthday boy. Yeah. <laughs> fa la 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 la. <laughs> but, but, the, but the non-popular version of fa la la la, because we can't afford yeah. that. So she goes, she goes to, Drives to stop the loan. The loan. By the way, the husband knows that she lost her job and the husband says, well, this is good news. You never liked that job. That's the husband being positive. And he says, yeah. it's a good thing we never bought the house. Yeah, he, yeah. he does not know about that. So right. that's not him yeah. being a bad person. No. She drives off. And while driving there, she's listening to the song. They just canceled Christmas. <laughs> and she turns off the radio. And that's I don't know how hard she had to turn that knob, but that throws the car into a tailspin. And when she sees the monkey in the back, which that monkey should not have been there because the kid didn't put it in there. That monkey got in the car on yeah, its that's own. that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
She drives. I have a note that I was like, I don't understand like what Mikey Bob is. <laughs> like, I yeah. just don't understand it. But whatever. Mikey, he makes her Mikey crash. Mikey Bob is a, is a homunculus. He's actually yeah. a living creature that's just wandering around. Yeah. Monkey Bob finishes the crash that she's going to be in. She right. she runs off the road at easily three miles an hour oh, and, yes. and stops in that ditch <laughs> and then thinks she died because the angel is walking anywhere in town dressed like an angel. So here's the thing. So the, the, the former head engineer who clearly is so distraught at losing her job. <laughs> she's just wandering, she knows, the town. Just wandering around the woods. I mean, she does say her car is nearby, but yeah. she's just wandering around the woods because she comes out of the woods. She doesn't come from where any yeah. car was unless her car flipped over repeatedly in the woods. She comes out and says it's going to be OK. The only reason this character was created was for the sake of this quote unquote joke. Yeah. I was going to do air quotes, but we're, we're podcast. And that's the only thing. So then she gets back on the road and that's when she makes Heather Graham makes her discovery. Oh this yeah. The so the, the angel, the angel says to her, I'm so glad you're staying with Brandy because after the year, after the last Christmas, she needed this and everybody's was the, so happier with her. And that was the one Christmas Brandy did not send out a newsletter. Yeah. And so as Heather Graham is driving, in any movie where you put this together, spoiler alert, the son is dead. Daniel isn't yeah. alive. In yeah. every movie where the main character is putting together context clues of the whole movie, it plays back the sounds of things in her head as she's Visuals, driving. Visuals, a word. Yeah, visuals, just, yeah. all that. All it does in this movie is replay what the angel said two seconds ago. <laughs> Instead yeah. of all the other clues that happened throughout the whole movie... That pointed to Daniel might not be alive. She only hears what the angel said in that one second because she was so delusionally lost in finding out that Jackie or that Brandy wasn't on the up and up that she didn't pay attention to anything else. Anything. Never heard a single. She finds the billboard. It says the Daniel Memorial Fund does this stuff. So so all these great things in Africa (laughs) and all that that's being done is part of a foundation in the kid's name. So she goes back and doesn't find Brandy. (laughs) She has to get in she she has to get in one last snoop. One last good snoop. By the way, once again she entered the house on her own villa. No one to No. Gets a key. A key to Daniel dead Daniel's room. Dead Daniel. And goes in to snoop around. The dead kid's room. Now. That's when she finds out it is dead kid's room. She assumes that's the case because that's the only reason yeah. she could be doing it. Now, now suddenly everything is shifting. Now, place now she her. could check off every room in the house that she's yeah. definitely been everywhere. Which, because I'm beginning to think it was less about Daniel, more like I want to make sure I did this well. Yeah. I was thorough. And so, so they have this mom moment of the two of them holding each other. And it's because Brandy, I, I mean, finds I get it. it. I mean, it got me. It gets me every time something like this happens. I, it gets me because I feel it. I can feel that how yeah. horrible that would be. So, and, again, I'm not making fun of any of that. They make up. She she holds her. It's all very nice. And then they, they have sort to make of it, what happened. Yeah, they don't ever say how he dies because there's no point. He was just sick, I understand right? he was just he sick was in sick. the hospital. There's somehow. no point to that. I yeah. see no reason they would go. No. And so they go and they have to finish the Christmas pageant. So they have to fly the hot air balloon. Now, it's important yeah. to note that this is a solar power balloon. And this, the so, first and this ever, is brought up the first ever, people. 
And it was mentioned in the newsletter at the very beginning because their plan is to fly around the world in a solar power balloon. We now figure out, we find out this is Daniel's plan. This is Daniel's dream, and they're going to do it for Daniel. And that, and obviously, you leave it out. It's been out in the sun. It's charged. But I'm going to tell you, at one point, they're going to have two or three days of just dark, stormy weather, and that balloon's <laughs> going down in the Pacific. It's not going to work at well. I hope they have an alternate back, you know, resources engine or something that they have flame because otherwise – we're never seeing this family also, again. Also, quick quick Wikipedia, there were at least three solar power balloon flights in the 70s with, with men on them. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how they they decided in 2023 we could just say this is the first solar powered hot air balloon. And and I <laughs> I know this isn't what you were saying, but like with men on him, it's like, okay, maybe with the two ladies on it this time, it's different. I know that wasn't your point, but it's, it's giant and it's going to be the star yeah. of David at the pageant yeah. because it's a Hallmark, non-Hallmark Christmas movie. Christmas pageants right, mean everything to the town. We can fast so forward to the end of this, I think. They get not, on the balloon. They, they get, get it. The they balloon. accidentally, they accidentally pick up the Santa sleigh from the top of Jackie's house, which is a crucial detail. Then they use Heather the Santa has sleigh. To, to convince the kids that they're Santa, yeah. because Heather gets in there, she makes a ho 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 that to anyone, one would sound like their mom, and two would sound like nothing at all because you're 600 <laughs> feet up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are very happy. The star of David appears. The balloon lands. The you know get, drops off the thing, and then Heather Graham meets Santa. Yeah, Santa shows up because and Santa says yeah. thank you for being such a nervous wreck or for whatever reason <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then Santa disappears we get to the pageant the pageant is apparently a success for however these things could be measured and Brandy sings a song yep and not so we get a our, no doubt we get cover our band. ending we get our yeah. singing ending and then we get a new newsletter whereupon Heather Graham decides she realizes we're still watching her yeah. addresses the camera and says she now, with Brandy's help, is doing the chip mitt thing and the families yeah. are closer together than ever. And Brandy's family's off in this solar balloon that we will never hear from them again because not a good thing to do. Also, doesn't the daughter just get accepted to Harvard? Is she just taking a year off? Yeah, yeah she's not I so mean, bad. She's doing like a, she's finding herself. Yeah. And so starts. they drift off and we have our happy ending. Okay. So now... I want to hear your theory. Here's a fun theory. (laughs) What if Brandy had enough of Charlotte and was purposely torturing her a little bit the whole way? Because I love the fact that when when they go to leave after she destroys the the dollhouse, Brandy lets them pack the whole car before she says (laughs) you could stay. And then then she does that. And then before she invites them to come on the solar-powered balloon with them, she takes off a little and then makes them use the ladder. Like, there's all, like, these little things. Which is such a scary way to get on a balloon. little stuff that's just, like, just a little bit of poking. (laughs) Which would explain the flirting with the husband in front of her. Which would explain putting the photo there. It's like... I know yeah, putting the Photoshop doing. there and make her go yeah. on a wild goose chase. Well, yeah. Goose chase, putting yeah. the frame photo while they're sleeping, yeah. making the special pancake. By the way, we didn't mention that at some point Heather Graham and Jason Biggs repair the dollhouse because Jason Biggs is good at doing the houses and he is able to do that. Right, and yeah. immediately after they fix that house, 
they have sex. They're going to have sex. They even like smoke comes up from the chimney uh, to show that, you know, all system. By the way, you should know no one locks the door anywhere in this. That door is wide open. At any point, Brandy could have come by, just given a big thumbs up and kept walking. Or worse yet, at any point, Grant could have walked by. Door is gone. (laughs) Daughter is gone. (laughs) Daughter daughter is gone. She shows up with like 10 passport stamps at the Brandy Brandy Christmas pageant at the end. We did mention that that Heather Graham looked through Brandy's Yeah, yeah, well, we didn't say it, but yeah, she looks through the Yeah, she does. But the daughter shows up at the end with like like drinking a red bull she's like what have you guys been up to <laughs> i thought you'd come find me but i was just Apparently at the other you'll... end of that chinese restaurant getting miso soup myself you'll look for your son <laughs> but the daughter who will try to bend bars and jump off of buildings she's fine she's good yeah, on she's her fine. Own. you can let her go yeah she's good I do like that theory because it actually makes things make more uh, things kind of lock into place better than yeah, the they're logic just like of this little movie. things. <laughs> now I do tend to tear up these things, like Genie, mm-hmm. the Melissa McCartney, which is a perfectly pleasant film with no bad people whatsoever. No, it's nice. It's really nice, and you know where it's going, and I know where it's going, and I teared up because let's be honest, you and I are of the teary persuasion. I will get emotional commercials. Mm-hmm. I will get emotional cartoons. I will get emotional movies. I, in case you were, I, I also get emotional at the one designated film that men are supposedly allowed to get emotional about, Shawshank Redemption. Okay, yeah. I just miss my friend. I but, cry every time Peter Parker is about to blip in Infinity War and he yeah. he's grabbing at Tony Stark saying, I don't want to go. I cry every time. I cry. I've seen it like 10 times at least now and every time. <laughs> I cry at that. I'm sad he does, his friends don't see him or do not recognize him at the end. It, we're blowing a lot, but it's been a while. I do. I will cry at Marvel films. I don't cry at DC films. But <laughs> I'm sure I have. I'm sure there's a DC film that, listen, the Batman movie. Superman 2. <laughs> when he lost his powers. Uh, no, the, the first two Superman movies are really good. Yeah, I think, again, we are watching these because we want to enjoy them. Yeah. This is a non-Hallmark, Hallmark Christmas movie. Hallmark is the one who's kind of made this a monetary thing. Everyone has jumped on board. That's it. So we thought, as part of the deal with these, is that we would do a Hallmarks of Hallmark Christmas movies checklist. Does mm-hmm. it hit any of the tropes? And I wrote a little list, and it does. It hits quite a few of them. Okay. One, is there a career path change for our main character? Yes, uh, there is. She, she has lost her job. Both of them. Now they're in the chipmet business. Things are going yeah. swimmingly. You can brand them at uh, for stadiums, which, by the way, was not the worst idea, to be quite honest. You put a team yeah. mascot or whatever. People eat chips. That's it. An adorable kid sets the plot in motion. That's what Grant does. Mm-hmm. So that's perfectly fine. Processing grief over the loss of a loved one is a big one. Usually it's a parent when they come back home to the house that they've lost the parent. Or maybe it's it's usually the grandparent and Christmas hasn't been the same. Or you find out a character has lost touch with the Christmas spirit because one day their parents died younger. They haven't really celebrated Christmas. A big thing. The importance of family tradition. That's just the very beginning of this film with the newsletters. Uh, Big relationship misunderstanding. 
to a certain degree, Heather Graham is just really freaked out about Jason Biggs and Brandy. But to your theory, Brandy is just going, mm, mm, just yeah. <laughs> her constantly. Does the character sing a holiday song? Oh, dear God, yes. Yeah. Does the town take their Christmas pageant seriously? Apparently, kind of, sort of, you never get a sense of this town. Usually in these movies, you get you meet other people in town, the baker, yeah. the other characters. They there fill are in less the details. people in this town than there are that work at Blue Moon Detective Agency. <laughs> <laughs> We did it, people. We, yeah. But usually you meet the mayor, you meet the yeah. baker, you meet other people. You get a sense. You fill in all the little characters that you put in a train kind of set up and everything, you know, for the, this we don't get. So the Christmas pageant is important because the husband does the Christmas pageant. And also, does a real Santa show up somehow? Yes, inexplicably. No reason. He thanks Christopher. Christopher, he thanks Charlotte for I don't know what, almost yeah. derailing the holidays, but not. It's yeah. like, I know you were doing something horrible, but you stopped it just short of really horrible. So you've got the Christmas spirit. And maybe that is the Christmas spirit. And maybe that's the Christmas spirit we need to find inside of all of us. I know I've learned something. You take I've your learned... damn boots off when you come in the house. <laughs> that's, that's actually <laughs> what I was going to say. That is actually what I was going to say. So... We're continuing this, and we hope you enjoy it. And our next movie is A Christmas Frequency, which we will notice is mostly known for the fact that Denise Richards, it's a new one on Hulu, our moonlighting home station. So Hulu, for the love of God, advertise on us. And apparently Denise Richards is recently separated, and her radio show producer wants to hook her up for a Christmas kind of gimmick. But I think the radio, the young radio show producer falls in love with one of the people she's trying to set up her boss with. That is our plot for A Christmas Frequency, which we hope you watch. So join us next week. And now stay tuned for your, we're not gonna, <laughs> stay tuned oh, for your local news. <laughs> Christmas tragedy. It's treat. <laughs>